Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is Forward Radio, WFMP-LP, Louisville, 106.5 FM on your radio dial. And if you want to find out a little bit more about our station, you can go to forwardradio.org. And we're live streaming now. So if you go to that station, click on a button. You can listen to us anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. So, folks, again, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we've got a wonderful special guest today. We've got Renette Bazell. Welcome to our show. Hello. Thank you. And so, Renette is a, is a potential new programmer for 106.5 FM. So, Renette, uh, first, tell us about yourself. How did, how did one become Renette Bazell? <laughs> well, I'm born and raised here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm a professional nanny. I work with kids all over Metro Louisville. And um, I like working with kids. I like uplifting kids. I like running around playing with kids. Sometimes I'm a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I've been working on a project called the self-love method uh, so children can learn to love themselves deeply and I'm hoping to bring it here at uh, WFMP Louisville 106.5 for it radio and I'm very excited about it even though right now I'm a little nervous (laughs) okay so uh, Renette so what got you involved with radio in particular? What made you decide to choose radio as your vehicle? Well, I have been a radio technician in the late 90s at WFPK, WFPL. I worked there for 18 years as a radio technician. And when automation took over, I went to 58 and um uh, 41 as a TV technician. So um, I heard that uh, the main library here in Louisville was doing a how-to event like they do every year. And when I was looking at the schedule, I saw uh, Ford Radio, and I'm going, oh. And I said, let me check that out. And I did, and I talked to Carrie, and she was telling me all the information. I was like, oh, my goodness. Maybe it's my time to get on air, be in, I was in the background as a technician. Now I can be in the front, the people hear my voice, and hear what I have to teach children about self-love, the self-love method. Okay. So uh, uh, what is uh, the self-love method? The self-love method is a method I created myself, working with kids about 14 years and seeing what's happening to children right now, the third quarter of 2021 for suicide was 70, no, it was 47% higher among 5 to 8-year-olds and 18% higher among 9 to 12-year-olds than they were in the same time period in 2016. And it really hurts me. So I wanted to do something so 
we can teach children to love themselves because they feel they're not accepted. A lot of children get bullied. And then with the Internet, that hurts a lot because usually when you get bullied, you go home back in the day and you don't have to worry about it. Now you go back home and you get on a computer and there's someone targeting you. So I think this will help to teach children they're very special no matter who they are. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, cyberbullying, it's a different world. Yes, indeed it is uh, for children now. It's, uh, well, it's tough being an adult, and it's tough being a kid, too. Uh, so, yes, indeed. So these suicide rates, uh, 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 you know, once upon a time, uh, uh, the suicide rate among black folk was infinitesimal uh, you never heard about it <laughs> exactly and uh, and the old folks said it's uh, because you can't jump out of a basement <laughs> I never heard that <laughs> yeah that's what the old folks say and uh, what they were saying is that you know black folks were so used to suffering uh, uh, uh under discrimination and white supremacy and so on and so forth. We're so used to being, uh, uh, you know, insulted, disrespected, degraded that, you know, the idea of, of checking out or just, uh, you know, just wasn't a viable option. Uh, the viable option was to endure, uh, organize, and overcome. You know, that was the, the viable option that, and it just, uh, of course, at one time, the suicide rate for, uh, uh, well, first of all, at one time, the self-esteem of black males in, in high school was actually higher than white males. And you think, well, how can that be? Well, uh, the black males usually didn't have anything, so their self-esteem was based on their relationship with their parents, their friends, and their in their community. Mm-hmm. Now, the white males, of course, uh, always had access to more things, but in, you know, in white society, your self-esteem is, in high school is linked to, you know, whether or not you get to date the cheerleader, or whether or not you have a car to drive to school, or what kind of clothes you have, or, you know, whether or not you're in the National Honor Society, or whether or not you're captain of the football team and dating the cheerleader, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, white folks' self-esteem, uh, uh, based on those kind of things. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, black teenage self-esteem was actually higher but in recent times you know uh, black youth black teenage suicide rate going up and uh, you know we can only speculate uh, but it could be that those those reference points of 40, 50 years ago uh, or 50, 60 years ago have changed uh, and you have different reference points uh and uh, and those different refer- reference points are uh, producing a you know lower self-esteem, higher suicide rate. Now, as far as uh, uh, suicide rate for young people, uh, in, what do folks attribute that to? I mean, younger than teenagers. You're talking about younger than teenagers. Yeah, they're like <clears throat> um, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, we had one here in Louisville, I think it was 2018, a little boy named Seven Bridges who committed suicide. He was bullied. And then we had one in uh, Alabama, 
a nine-year-old girl who was bullied, and she killed herself. And so it's been rising for uh, black children in America. And um, I think there's not enough uh, self-image reinforcement, and that's what I want to do. I want them to know how powerful they are, how beautiful they are, how wonderful they are. Um, They was created by the greatest power in the world. So, you know, I just want to tell them and show them. And my program will have them dancing because dancing will... um, uh, it raises your vibration. Laughing raises your vibration. I want to teach them how to talk to each part of their body. And this might sound funny. <laughs> I'm a professional nanny, and I did use my self-love method on the children that I watch. And I made a self-love temple where the children will go in and would talk to each part of their body. Like, say, for instance, um, Han, I love you. I thank you for shaking uh, my teacher's hand today, or thank you for feeding me, thank you for clothing me, thank you for hugging my mom, you know, and you you talk to each part of your body and tell each part of your body how much you appreciate it. And the children, they really loved it. You know, they'd be looking in the mirror and they'll kiss themselves (laughs) and said, I love you and stuff like that. And uh, as this summer went by, um, the children kind of changed. They came more nicer and polite to each other and everything. And I was like, wow. So the idea is for children not to get low self-esteem or self-hatred for being too tall or too short or too wide or too slim or too light or too dark, because those, those are a lot of self-esteem issues that, that, uh, people are trained to have, right? The society Mm -hmm. teaches you how to have self-esteem issues for being too tall, too short, too wide, too slim, too whatever. Right. And so you're trying to avoid that at an early age. Yeah, starting very young because uh, they go to school at five years old, and that's when all the things start. And if they are not uh, have this thing where you're telling the child you are enough you are whatever you are you're good and uh, you don't have to be taller you don't have to be tall you don't or have to bigger have, or skinnier exactly. or whatever. just be you yeah just love you and you is all you need and what you gotta do is love you and i think looking in a mirror a lot children need to look at the mirror and talk to themselves there is evidence scientific evidence talking to yourself helps you a lot and it, and it raises your self-confidence. Well, there you go. Uh, well, it sounds like something that's very valuable for young people today uh, to avoid uh, folks being caught up in uh, any kind of dangerous cycles because it just the world is so complicated today and uh, you need to have a lot of training, education, and you know, sort of psychological preparedness just to survive some of the things that are going on, uh, which, you know, could potentially be horrifying to children. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, 
uh, there's a lot of things going on that are, are, you know, very hazardous to children that are not sort of the imaginary boogeyman of uh, that's something that children might have to deal with uh, 30, 40 years ago. There are many, many hazards, as we see in the news. Uh, yes. And so for children to have to cope with those things, plus with, you know, sort of the normal pressures of growing up, uh, definitely one needs a, uh, a lot of psychological preparedness. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when I was growing up, it was more laid back. And now it's more, it's like the children have more burdens as they are young. Uh, when I came home from school, we go outside and play. Um, now you come home from school, uh, you go going from a computer, and you come home from a computer, and it's not enough um, free time. I don't even see kids go outside like they used to. Everybody's on the computer. Everybody's got a screen in front of their faces. Nobody's hardly talking to each other. There's no playtime uh, involving nature, playing in the mud, making mud pies, <laughs> mm-hmm. running through the water when it's hot outside and you want to cool off. Your mom lets you put your—I know my mom used to let us put our bathing suits on and when it was real hot and it starts to rain, we go outside and play. There's not any more of that anymore. Everything is like you, you're you on the computer, you're on the TV, everything is screen. And it's not good to have too much screen time. Mm-hmm. So uh, so there's some socialization that's being missed. Uh, yes. And just the sort of relaxation that kind of goes along with that, uh, of just running and playing and shouting and uh, and that sort of thing. and uh, Being free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not that much because I remember when I had my son, and that was in the uh, late uh, 89, and the, the toy that came out was uh, PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Nobody was hardly out anymore. When PlayStation came, came out. Because yeah. everybody's, and to today, you got still people, you got older people uh, on it now. Nobody goes outside, nobody, you know. Uh, plays you don't hear the kids running through the uh, neighborhood like you used to. Um, it's quiet. You can go through a neighborhood and you hardly see children out now, mm-hmm. and that's something been lost. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, turn the sprinkler on and uh, run through the sprinkler. Uh, uh, you can water the grass and uh, cool the children down at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or cool the adults down at the same time. <laughs> cool them all together. <laughs> exactly. Have a good time. I remember when they used to have block parties at the whole uh, neighborhood, and people were sharing food and dancing. People even don't even hardly dance anymore. That's another thing I have in for the self-love method. Dancing is a real good exercise. Mm-hmm. It gets your endorphins going. Uh, you never see anybody on the dance floor looking mad. Everybody's always looking happy. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Uh, whenever you have a DJ event and the DJ puts on the on the electric slide, people just get up on the floor and it says they follow, they follow the instructions. Yeah. So it does relax people. It, it does. You got people from all walks of life, 
all ages. You put your left foot out. Mm-hmm. Slide to the left. Yeah. <laughs> Slide to the right. <laughs> I remember when Michael Jackson came to Louisville, Kentucky, and I've never been to a concert like that because I had all my cousin, all girl cousins with me. But when he started singing, I looked around. There were grandmas, grandpas, uncles, and aunties. There were babies like three years old. The whole family was there. <laughs> you don't see that no more. <laughs> I mean, the whole, everybody was having a good time from the baby all the way to grandma and granddad and stuff. So uh, it's like the dancing thing and in the black family. That's what we did when we came over Grandma's house and had dinner. Then the next thing you know, everybody's in the basement dancing after <laughs> dinner and stuff. So that's the thing that's been, um, has fell to the wayside is dancing. And I know people say, well, they don't dancing. Well, well, you got to get people back to dancing where you use every part of your body and stuff. So that's a part of uh, the self-love method is teaching the children to Dance, and there is a study in a new English journal where dancing makes you smarter because when you're dancing, you're thinking about how you're gonna feel the next beat, how you're gonna move. Well, you're shooting off these um, uh, things in your brain that makes you think real quick, and when you can think real quick. That makes you smarter. So when you're dancing, you're moving here, you listen to the beat and stuff like that, that helps it. Not just that, you're exercising. Your endorphins going off. You're toning your body. There's so much things go into dancing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, very freeing. And and, uh, basically, all ages, there's, uh, you know... uh, Everybody doesn't have to be a champion hip-hop dancer. Just uh, No, just do your own thing. That's the main thing. Even they was talking about in the English Journal, the study where it's not line dancing. It's dance that you just make up as you go along. The old-fashioned dance. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> just make up as you go. You feel the beat and you move to it. And that's what they're talking about because you're thinking like you're, th- you're moving your body to the rhythm and you're changing it, and that change is the fast thinking that makes you smarter, because that carries over to other things in life. Well, shoot, I need to get back to uh, dancing myself. Uh, yeah, and it's good for. Uh, I need some extra IQ points. <laughs> At this yeah. point, yeah, I need. It helps all kinds uh, of stuff. I need about ten, twelve more IQ points and help me. I was trying to divide something the other day. I had to get to get the calculator, but. Uh, uh, I uh, forgot how to divide, but uh, uh, so uh, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. So, uh, well, I think it's very important. Uh, uh, I mean, you've put a lot of uh, work and study and research into this, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, so, and also that you can work with today's children. Uh, I know a lot of people are actually afraid of today's children. Oh, I love children. I, and I love to work. <laughs> I remember I used to work at the Children uh, children Edition. The Curl Journal used to own it. Mm-hmm. And um, when another teacher would have a difficult child, they would say, when it, take, take him or take her. Well, they was giving me the strong-willed children. 
And I love working with the strong-willed children because the strong-willed children have a mind of their own. And I don't want to. I don't want to force now. I want them to speak what they want to speak. And I and my son's like that, and I love that because they have their own thoughts. And I want a child to have their own thoughts. Uh, today's society is almost like they're trying to push your thought in a child. When I was coming up, I remember my daddy said, "Ask many questions in schools you want to," and I would, I would ask. So the teachers would almost get mad. I said, well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to ask the question. <laughs> they look at me. <laughs> so I love strong-willed kids to ask me. And the other kids I love work with them because I'll be walking, running down the street, singing a song like The Sound of Music. And we'd be having a ball, all the kids. I remember taking 17 kids to the park at a party and we had a ball and when we went cross street I said everybody hold everybody's hand look to your right look to your left now let's go and the people was asking me how can you stand working with all the kids I said I'm a kid too but I still have my wisdom with me to make sure that the kids are safe but at the same time I have my playfulness with me too because I remember when I was a child well, that's uh, that's wonderful. I think that this urge to make kids behave is because uh, a lot of uh, kids' future sort of depends on, you know, memorizing a certain amount of information and being able to put it on the standardized test that they have for the kids in the schools now. And so they want the kid just to absorb that information so they can get a high score on these tests. Uh, that they're always testing the kids on all the time. And then, of course, you have the ACT and the SAT for, for college. So they want the kids just to just to absorb that whatever is they're handing them so they can do well in these tests, and, and which is uh, so the you know, kids can, quote, unquote, compete against other kids. Uh, the only problem with that is there's some aspects of childhood are going to be lost when... The, the children are just sort of drilled and drilled and drilled on. Yeah, so, we could. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, this It's funny because when you're in school and when you leave school, it's a different, a completely different world. Uh, some of the kids that you think who had straight IAs and stuff, well, I found out there is different when they come out um, of school because you're going by a set of uh, rules and stuff, but when you come out of school, it's not the same thing. And everyone is not going to... Because, okay, like, you have a lot of the millionaires and billionaires, they dropped out of school. They dropped out of school and they created their own thing. And one thing that school doesn't teach you is two things. They don't teach you how to make money and they don't teach you to love yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, of course, I've got a study that shows that, uh, for instance, uh, if somebody with a business degree takes over a company, the first thing they do is start reducing the salaries of everyone else except themselves. Because that's what they learned in business school. What they learned is sort mm-hmm. of sort of math skills to apply to business. And so they want the business to be more successful. As when they define success as uh, more 
either more profit or more benefits for shareholders. And the quickest way to produce a result is to reduce the salaries of everyone except themselves. And that, you know, makes the company look better as far as revenues, but it it has nothing to do with uh, manufacturing a better product or or providing a better service. All you did was uh, sort of save money by reducing the salaries of everyone except yourself. And uh, and so, uh, of course, people who don't have business degrees might have more of a tendency to be creative. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah, people, thinking out of the box. Right. They're going to... Uh, because a lot of times people with unusual personalities, they can't get hired for the big job anyway because their personalities are unusual. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and so since they're so unusual, that's what you're talking about. They had yeah. to create something for themselves to, uh, uh, because of their unusualness. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they don't do well on the, on the interview. You know, uh, they yes. apply and they don't do well. They say after some point, hey, I better create something for myself because, uh, you know, they're, they're not hiring me. So, yeah. yeah, and it's true because I read a book called The Left Brain. How the left brain is supposed to take over the world. That's the people who think with their left brain, what is it, the... It's crossed over. Right. And the ones who think with their left brain are the ones the most creative ones. And mm-hmm. they say those are the ones who are going to be taking the world. They're the ones that are going to be the designers, the dancers, the architects and stuff because they're thinking on a different level with their left brain than the ones who are logical on the right brain. Right. So, yes, if you're right-handed, the left side of the brain is going to be your creative side. That's what, yes, that's what... Uh, She's talking about yes, indeed. So uh, now, whether that works for left-handed people, it might be the opposite. But uh, uh, I need to look that up when I when I get get home. But uh, so, folks, we've been here with Renette Vazell, and uh, she's a potential new programmer for us here on uh, uh, 106.5 FM uh, Forward Radio. And what she'll have to do is uh, uh, she's going to make a. Sometime soon, she's going to make some sample shows for us. Yes. And uh, uh, and you'll be able to hear them uh, 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 as soon as she gets them done. Yes. So, uh, so folks, you've been listening to uh, On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens. And, uh, of course, this is 106.5 FM Forward Radio, um, broadcasting from the top of the Hayward Building right here in Louisville. Kentucky. So, uh, R- Renette, uh, uh, so when do you think that you're going to have some new shows for us? Probably uh, work on them this week, uh, coming this coming week, and have them after, uh, let's see, next week is the 13th. Okay, all right. Probably so. the 20th. Okay, so. And they're targeting children from 5 to 10 years old. Okay. And I hope the parents join in it. It's going to be interactive. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. Uh, so that's Renelle uh, Bazell, folks. And uh, and so we're going to have some uh, more than several new, new programmers uh, 
coming up, and it'll be interesting for our audience. Uh, I believe you know you have we have a variety of programming here on one hundred six point five. We have our uh, locally produced shows, and we have our syndicated shows, and uh, so we try to have a good a good mix. Uh, we have a lot of talk, and we have some music as well. Uh, so we try to bring folks a good a good mix of uh, shows, and of course, as far as uh, you know, listen to it in your car. Of course, it's one hundred six point five FM, and and if you've got a smart device, uh, go to forwardradio.org. We're live streaming now, so again, you can listen to us. Uh, Anywhere in the city, uh, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, and with pretty good sound quality. So I want to thank Burnett Bazell for, for being here with us. Thank you. So, folks, we will be back next week on Forward Radio 106.5 FM.